Middle Cough! Baby! Here we go! Podcast coming at you, recorded on this Tuesday afternoon. Week two of the NFL preseason ahead. Live on YouTube, streaming as always, and on the podcast, on your time, because you control time. That's the beauty of podcasts. It's why podcasts are winning. You listen to them whenever you want, and we're glad you listen to this one right now. Thanks for coming. Whether you're listening on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Thursday afternoon, hell, maybe push it up to Friday. Maybe you're watching this on the tube. Or if you subscribe to our Facebook page, they automatically load it up and it like uh, you can just listen to it. It's kind of got this cool little app. I'm not, I'm not even yeah. just saying that. It is kind of cool. Have you seen that thing? You just press I've just the seen play that button. you can auto load. I only I haven't checked it on the phone. I've only checked it on the desktop. Is it on the phone? It looks like a different. Yeah, app. it's like a, it's just a. Uh, you know, it's just one of your posts, but you literally can just play it. It's pretty cool. Man. All right. Well, go to our Facebook page. It is linked down in the description of the YouTube and in the iTunes. And uh, leave us a mailbag question there in the messenger or on the mailbag post, which will be going up. We also ask I primarily that you leave us a iTunes review. That's how you get in the mailbag, John. iTunes review. Leave us a question in that review. Tell us your favorite bar to hang at. And uh, we'll get to that coming up in the uh, in the uh, mailbag uh, podcast at the end of the week. Yep. So uh, I know we've got actually a lot of people tweeting at us that they're just uh, drinking in the middle of the day. I like that because a, a saying goes, you, you can't drink them all if you don't start early. So you got to get rocking and rolling. <laughs> we've had people from out of state that have never tried Tito's and we're, we're getting uh, we're great brand ambassadors out of state as well as in state. I mean, how about that? We had somebody who's like uh, from Virginia to San Antonio or San Antonio to Virginia trying Tito's. Tito's was a featured drink on this bar where they were at. So Tito's got themselves at the top of the menu there. Shout out to the local division manager of Tito's San Antonio for that move. I'd imagine Tito's does pretty well in the uh, the great state of Texas. Don't you imagine? He's I got some. Think so too. Uh, he's got some connects. Yep, I would think so too. Yeah. I'd, I'd imagine I Tito's think do well in all the states, John. Well, definitely, but the I, lower I, I forty-eight bet, plus Alaska and Hawaii. You know, if, if Tito and, and Jerry probably on a on a texting basis, or at least have each other's you know numbers, because I you know family in the beer business, I know that they're Jerry's very close with you know the people that matter. So just and Tito, as we know, matters. Tito matters. There's no <laughs> doubt. This podcast is presented by Tito's handmade vodka, where I debuted it on uh, Sunday night. The drink of the week here for Haberman and Middlecoff, the Tito's Transfusion, John. Now, John, you gave me a good tip the other day because I had the transfusion and I loved it. It was a little sweet. And you noted, you you went back to the tape. You were a scout. You said, I watched you pour that drink and you put in way too much grape juice. You should have put an ounce. You're right. So two ounces of Tito's handmade vodka, two ounces of ginger ale, one ounce of grape juice. And I cannot emphasize this enough, John. Keep it to one ounce of grape juice. And uh, half ounce of lime juice. This drink, put it on ice. It's delicious. It is I think delicious. the key, the key as you age, you actually need less of whatever the sugary addition is, and you become, especially with Tito's, there there can't be a smoother vodka in the history of vodka has ever made. It's naturally very smooth, obviously gluten free, uh, made in copper pots. But I, I'm telling Six you, times distilled. You know, I, I've. I just, that Tito's soda goes so smoothly, but I, sometimes you just want a little lemonade or a little grape juice. You just don't need that much just to add that extra little oomph. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the transfusion, um, fantastic drink. And it's, you know, we're, we're into the PGA Tour playoffs. Uh, PGA Tour and Tito's. Doesn't that just sound like it goes together pretty well? It does. Uh, you know, so get get ready. I saw Phil 
nothing like golfers who just they all just take private jets to their events they're like nfl owners you know like the nfl owners meetings is like a bunch of private jets i i think the definitely the top 30 uh at the uh what's it called the tour championship where they play in atlanta haberman was there called tiger woods victory no big deal what's that course called yeah. do you remember oh um uh 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 Yes. I mean, no, obviously. Why, why is that coming to me? Uh, uh, Whatever no, that place remember. is called, a, uh, that, that I bet all 30 players take a private jet to, uh, to attend. It must be Eastlake. Uh, Eastlake. Eastlake, yeah. Yeah. Eastlake. Uh, I think, thing, they're, by I the think way, they're playing I, Liberty National this week. I think we got a DraftKings game going as well. They I mean, are. We have a DraftKings game. It's actually full, but we'll talk about that a little later on. We, um, there's actually, this is, I'm putting on YouTube the, the tweet we got from uh, Scott. Here's the drink. He got the, the Tito's Cherry Limeade. And at the bottom, you see a portion of proceeds benefit the Atticus Legacy Dog Rescue. Cheetos, uh, Tito's is all about, uh, it's all about the dogs, John. Vodka for dog people. Vodka for dog people. So um, it's not just about the drink. It's also about the charity. And it's very much about the dogs. I love that that's on the menu, though, at this particular. I don't know what restaurant that was, but. Uh, we're big fans of Tito's distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. Uh, we dare you not to love it. All right. Yeah. Might um, make cocktail when we finish. It sounds fantastic. I, do the, you do the transfusion. I know I'll, the next pod, the, the weekend pods, I know we'll always have a transfusion cause there'll be late, you know, an evening pod, but yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere. Actually it's five o'clock in the East coast right now. As it we, is. Uh, record this podcast. So. It is. Um, all right, John, let's, uh, let's dive into a few things. We'll get to a lot of YouTube comments as well as we continue on the day. But the Niners on Tuesday had their last uh, practice in Santa Clara. They're off to L.A. to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. And it feels like, to me, I, I think a big week for Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. This is still not a competition, but it's an opportunity against what should be a, uh, a pretty good defense, I think, this year. And first and foremost, it's an opportunity against a different team. It's starting to feel like it's going to be a difficult uphill climb for the uh, young whippersnapper in uh, Trey Lance. Feels, it feels right now like a 55. Sorry, let me go back the other way. It feels right now like an 80-20, maybe 85-15 Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. Yeah, it felt like the preseason game went well for Jimmy in the sense that he made some poor mistakes. So it's an easy one for a coach to chalk up like, he's young, he needs some work, and he does. And as Mike McDaniel said a couple weeks ago, I, I watch a lot of coaching press conferences. I've never heard a coach say this, even though I know they're all thinking this. Like, we hope he kind of struggles so we can coach him through. Like, we want good and the bad. And then when Kyle yeah. was asked, I don't even know if he knew Mike said that. He's like, yeah, we're, yeah we want him to do bad too. It's kind of weird, even though I, that's how you talk. You, don't, you wouldn't want everything to go perfect. But... uh I, I do think that helped Jimmy. And I, I think right now, this week could be huge, though. Like, you go up against big boy players. Bosa, Derwin James. I think the vibe and the environment there is going to be pretty raucous. Uh, it's going to be really intense. So if Trey struggles, honestly, it could set him back even more, just from the sense of he's playing. Like, week one, if he doesn't start, which right now he would not, what would you set his over-under at? Seven plays? Uh, that feels a little high, but yeah, I was going to say like four and a half. Like I could see him getting five, six snaps. Eight plays could be a lot, right? Depending on just how many possessions there are. But, you know, you never know. It's the Lions. You could be up by 21 points. Um, but I don't know if that's the spot to use them. 
right? I, yeah, I, don't I think that's it, the, like I don't envision him up twenty one coming into the game. I envision him scoreless game, like second drive, third and three. Yeah, and I could see if they were up big in like the second half, going into the fourth quarter, up four touchdowns, put just letting him finish the game. Could you see that? Yeah, why not? I mean, that's where that guy should play, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I, I think you could kind of do double whammy. We've all watched just a lot of the Saints over the years. When they usually bring Taysom in, he does get a couple plays. Like, to me, typically when they yank Breeze out, he would get multiple plays. That's how I kind of envision them doing. Now, would they give him, like, a series? I don't think that's inconceivable that he just starts on first ten, first and ten, they run him out there. Because usually with Taysom Hill, he comes in, like, second and two, and then maybe they'll give him the next play. I guess Kyle would have the curveball of doing whatever he wanted, but it, it does feel like the quarterback, quote-unquote, competition, which it, he never really said that, is coming to a halt. <laughs> Unless this week, and again, like there's still three more weeks of training camp, you're getting a joint practice, this is just a big week for Trey Lance, and Jimmy really just has to just keep doing what he's doing. I view this as the week that Trey Lance has to make a move if he's going to have a shot. Because then there's one more preseason game. So if he's going to have any chance of, remember, it has to be a competition before it can even be him the starter, right? It has to be him. So he's got to play his way into getting more first team reps, which would come the following week if he could make a move this week. So I think this is the week that Trey Lance kind of makes, or if he's going to, if he's going to do it by week one, it has to happen starting Thursday against the Chargers because he's got to get the opportunity then the next week to force his way into more first team reps before the final preseason game. Well, that preseason game, the third game, Kyle claimed that his starters are going to play a half. So does he move Trey in that game like as he would in a regular game? Like does he just come in in the third series to play a couple plays? Or does Jimmy just get the whole thing? That that to me will be fascinating to watch. Sneaky could be pretty unreal if the Raiders and Niners both play their starters for a half. Like we get half a real game. That'd be fun. <laughs> I got that bad boy marked on does my Does it calendar. feel like Jimmy would really play that much? I, I'd be. It feels to me like a Mahomes situation where like starters are going to play half and then you look over and Mahomes has the visor on after one series. Yeah, why would he say that, though? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think it was more Andy, you know, the preseason, first preseason game, it was so meaningless. The Niners aren't playing anyone. It's like, what are we doing this for? But if the other team's playing your starters and you have it in your mind to play your starters, I think you leave them out there. Now, I haven't seen Gruden, you know, Gruden didn't play anybody. Maybe they won't play Derek Carr at all. I, I do think it's difficult to justify playing your guys, even if you say it, when you're fucking playing these teams that they're all on the sideline. You're like, what What are we proving here? You right. know, and jo- Johnny Tryhard, as, as McCarthy would say, is coming around the edge. Like, I'm not doing this. But it's like, I don't want him out there with Joey Bosa out there, and I don't want him out there without Joey Bosa out there. I mean, Joey, not Nick. I'm talking Joey, right? If you're Garoppolo, well, you need to be out there for four series. Well, do you against expect the Raiders? Brandon Staley just week. played nobody. Do you think they're going to play anyone this week? I would guess no. No, this is why you told me I didn't hear this comment, but that Kyle Shanahan said in some ways the scrimmages are more important than are more valuable than the games. Well, they definitely are right if they're not going to play their starters, even if you plan on it, right? Like we want to give our guys a quarter. Well, Bosa, Derwin, James, Kenneth Murray, all their starters, Josh Rose, or I mean not Josh Rosen, Justin Herbert, uh, wrong Pac-12 quarterback for sure. Uh, why am I going to play my guy? I think that does have a major impact in these preseason games. It's why someone DM me. They're like, if you were trying to make a team, would you rather, if you were a fringe guy, would you rather play for a team that 
you only got reps in practice, they didn't really play in the game, or would you rather be hit or miss in practice but get a lot of reps in the game? I'd say if I was a fringe guy, I would much rather play multiple games because all 31 teams are evaluating me. We, you, Like the practice, so much of it's out of your control, a numbers game, even if you're playing well, it's easy for them to justify cutting someone where when you play well in a game, it is going to be hard for these other teams not to see you. Yeah. Where I think where these teams now that are benching their quote-unquote starters, I think it's less about the worry of schematic stuff. I think it's just strictly injury, don't you? Like, I don't think they're afraid to show anything. It's just like, we are not risking Matt Stafford or Devontae Adams or Joey Bosa. No chance someone's stepping on his foot the wrong way. And that, like, fuck that. Yep. Then like, you know, I don't want to see this new, uh, this new twist concept we have. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the practices have gotten so... I think the practices have gotten just less valuable, right? The reward is, is just... It's gotten to a point it's not worth the risk at all. The risk has gotten bigger, but the reward has also gotten lower. Yeah. So, you know, it's... I, I think what, what we've got from a Shanahan standpoint is he just has a luxury, and he's going to... Trey Lance is going to have to force him not to take advantage of the luxury, which is I don't have to start Trey Lance, right? In the way that the Jets have to start... Um, uh, Zach Wilson, but yeah. it, they just don't have to. So they're going to make him take it. And he had some, I, you know, I, I thought he did some things that looked pretty impressive in the game. You could play him right. Like you could, you could play Trey Lance right now and have a shot to win. I believe. But 100%. You know, like that's like not a, the question here. The question is, can he take it from Jimmy? And I, this is, I go back, I'll, I'll repeat it again. I think Kyle Shanahan has, is is willing to let Trey Lance do that, but he's got to go do it, and he's got to he's got to kind of bang him over the head with it. And now again, if he plays really, if he does some things against the Chargers this week, that'll count. Like this counts as banging you over the head with it. If he does things well, and Jimmy Garoppolo struggles this week, yeah. I mean, listen, my, my stance is going to be consistent this whole time. I'm not going to budge off that I would start him because that's just my overwhelming philosophy with young elite talents. I mean, it's pretty clear. I think Mac Jones might end up beating out Cam. Uh, Justin Fields, they're just rigging the game. Like, he easily could beat him out, and the other two guys are starting. Just because it's so much easier by the middle of the season when that guy has uh, a group, you know, uh, basically a handful of games, three games, seven games, ten games, whatever, to rely on, to go, that's what I need to work on, that's what I've seen here, that's what needs to happen here. When you first get thrown out there, it's no different than any walk of life. The first time you get a job that has a lot of pressure, that's really intense, those first weeks, those first maybe month can feel overwhelming. And then we all know, looking back, like once we've been in a place six months, your feet are on the desk, you're like, know exactly where to get lunch. It just becomes much more normal protocol. And we're talking about the NFL playing fucking quarterback. It's just, it is just in a weird way, Easier is the wrong word, but you can just be more comfortable. Eventually, he's going to have to start his first game. He just is, right? And if that has to happen year two, even if they have a really good season, let's say win a couple of playoff games, listen, you and me won't be complaining. It'll be great for our fucking business. Jimmy starts all the games. They win a bunch of games. They go to the playoffs. Like, that's fine. But from a football standpoint in a vacuum, an underrated part about Patrick Mahomes is he did get a full game rep. I mean, legitimately a full game against the Broncos, and they tried. So what he did start year two, but he did what have a full about? game. Oh, I'm talking about Mahomes, you know, sitting out that year. You're talking about his but, week 17 game? Is that yeah, what you're talking and about? they were already going to the playoffs, 
And remember, Andy said that I told Nagy, and I think Doug was gone, but whoever, Childress, you guys start working on the Titans, and me and Mahomes are just going to treat this thing like a regular game. And we did. And he's like, you know, I got a lot more comfortable with them. Now, they had gone, I would say, that, that situation gets brings, brought up all the time. They were dead set. Like, in concrete, they weren't going to budge, right, off Alex Smith. And then he had a great year. Yeah, I mean, so Alex if, made it. Alex, you know, played a full season, too. That's not been Jimmy Garoppolo's history. They had and the other the other thing is Mahomes isn't necessarily like a runner, so you wouldn't bring him in for packages to run like you would Trey Lance. So he was never which play also like was not parts. part of the resume in the preseason game. But you could ask the question, and we'll never know. Like, what if he had started year one? Would they have been better by the end of the year? Right, they did lose in the first round to Mariota. Yeah, Mariota could, beat could them they have won that home. game? Now, maybe they, you know, maybe you go by the end of the year they could have won that playoff game, but maybe they lose a few games along the way during the regular season that, you know, their record is not what it was at the end of that year. There's a give and take with everything. Here's what here's what I know about the Niners: they cannot lose to the Lions Week One, and they cannot lose to the Eagles Week Two. Actually, I actually think the Eagles are a little better than I think people assume. Just their talent on their team. Just talking to people with the organization. Their lines are good. They feel very good about their lines, offensive and defensive lines. They do have, like, listen, I don't know if Jalen Rager is going to be a good player or not. He was drafted in the first round. He does some sweet shit on the internet. They did draft Devontae Smith, who I don't know won the Heisman, and they got two legit tight ends. And Miles Sanders was a second-round running back. Like, for a team that I think most people just think they're a five-win team, and they might be because they're quarterback, they do have a lot of just good players, you know? To me, they're on a different... I think, and I've done this too, we put them in the Lions as like equals. Like they well, it's are because much of the coach. more talented the Lions. Right. It's because of Sirianni. Well, we'll see. Like I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying as... that's the perception. Sirianni in the Dan Campbell category as like a press conference when he got introduced that made people go, uh, what? He gets, he gets excited. Doesn't mean he can't be a head coach. Like, but I'm yeah. not a fan of their quarterback situation at all. I, I'm not either. I'm not either. But Jalen Hurts might be a bigger problem for the Niners than Jared Goff. Because everyone's a bigger problem than Jared Goff for them, right? Yeah, Jalen can move. I've defended Dan Campbell a little bit. If you just go watch like one of his 10-minute press conferences, not one of the sound bites. I'm rooting for I'm with you. He's actually smarter than you think. I'm I'm with you. I think he's a high-level guy. I do. I I actually I agree with you, John. I'm kind of but then I take a step back and go, are the Lions really gonna go no, out of the box this, and not, pull this not off? This, yeah, not this year. That would be terrible. Speaking of new head coaches. Check out this. The, so the Chargers put out a video uh, clip because they're going to have like their own little hard knocks on their team website. And they put out like a little two-minute mic'd up, Brandon Staley, the head coach, meeting room. We are all about family. Like, we are about this right here. He's banging on the board. It's his Los Angeles Chargers. This is what we're about, you know. And one of the things he says while he's mic'd up is this. I told you guys, best passing offense in the league. We're going to throw this shit down the field. This is what he said during a practice. So what a great team to practice against. This guy, to do that, John, you got to throw for over 400 yards a game if you're going to lead the league in passing. Okay? That's what the Chiefs did last year. They were the only ones that did it. The Bills were at 396. That was second in the league. This guy thinks he's got an explosive offense. This guy can coach defense. He, If I were him and I looked around the defensive meeting room, I'd feel pretty good because they're stacked in terms of when their talent is healthy. It's incredible. I'd forgotten he probably is pretty comfortable. Like in my head, I imagined him driving down to San Diego to coach this football team, but he's not. 
He's in the same stadium as he was last year, right? So he's probably pretty comfortable. Same drive from the house, still comfortable. I think so, I think the Rams are more North LA and they're South LA. The but I'm facility. not a great geogra- geography with LA, but I talking think about the practice yeah. facility. Yeah, he might have had yeah. to move. But I'm saying the stadium, same stadium. Yeah, the stadium. And maybe he same, moved. Yeah. Bigger house, raise. Yeah, Calabasas. Uh, you know, to but nonetheless, OC like or whatever. The Niners are about to practice against this team. I don't know if you could pick a better team in the league. You know, you go, oh, I want to practice against Belichick. I think these Chargers. I bet they practice pretty hard because I bet a they feel like they got something to prove, and their coach is trying to gas them up. Yeah, I think this would be one of the better teams that any team could practice against because you get Herbert. It's like taking batting practice and spring training against a guy throwing 98. You got really good players on defense. You got a coach trying to prove something and you got players trying to prove something to their new coach. So I think practicing against the Chargers actually gives you a pretty good look, maybe a better look than most teams would. We got to carry on the legacy of the Spanos family. When you think Spanos, you think winning and paying a premium. Actually, no, you think dollar rent. And I, I actually read this Kaplan guy that writes for The Athletic kind of did this puff piece on Dean. Now, they, you know, I was talking to Coward a couple weeks ago, and we were arguing a little bit like he thinks they are kind of booming right now in L.A. And in the in the article, Dean quoted, like, I think it's we got to give a lot of credit to this quarterback. Like, yeah. he's helped us out this last year. They have sold more season tickets this offseason than they ever had for a single season in San Diego. So wow. there is, and it's just, and his whole point was like, obviously in Southern California, they like winners. We got this quarterback. People are comfortable with this quarterback. Like they've watched them just because people, UCLA and USC fans, well, they, they do keep an eye on the Pac-12 and this guy was a big fucking deal. And I think we all think he's going to be a star. To me, like in these practices, is he slicing and dicing them? Because I would imagine the the defensive backs, you see Mosley hurt his hamstring, so he might yep. not be practicing all week. Uh, it could be, listen, the, the, the 49ers do not have a guy, and in fairness, basically every team in the league do not have a guy that can cover Keenan Allen. Derwin James, when healthy, is probably one of the better just man-to-man guys. Remember, he made his, he was an all-pro as a rookie because one of his big matchups was against Gronk, and he shut him down. Like, he can cover anybody, he struggles in some of the clips they put out to cover Keenan Allen. Like, Keenan Allen might destroy them. And then they have Mike Williams, who, like, he is just an incredible uh, contested catch wide receiver. Like, who are covering these two guys? Well, also, don't practices? forget, remember that guy Jalen Guyton they brought in? That they, I don't know if they've had the, him for two years. The guy that could fly. Last year. Yeah, He's fast. I mean, I just, they added Jared Cook. They got... Rashawn Slater has been he's had a little back issue, John. He's supposed to come back on Thursday. They're their their first round offensive lineman. They got Austin Eckler coming out of the backfield. Like it just tests the Chargers can test every part of you. Your secondary's getting tested. Your offensive line's getting tested. Your quarterbacks are getting tested. It's it really is a pretty good matchup from that standpoint. But you're right. It could be guys getting sliced and diced, too. It could be yeah. linemen getting now, beat. Now, you should slice and dice them. Like, to me, if you are a powerhouse team, which I think most people expect this team to be, you and I have been at these practices. I feel they look pretty fucking good. They should be able to not just hang, but push them around as well. But they got Chris Harris, and they got Derwin James, and they got Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round, and they got Kenneth Murray, the first rounder last year, right? Yeah, I mean, it's we'll see. Like, to me, I, I what I've been saying about I the like Chargers it. all along... If their coach, their coach doesn't need to be a star. If he's just solid, they should win ten games. Now we've seen this before, and I think you and I are biased, and probably a lot of people listening. I'm just inherently rooting for Justin Herbert. Like I, I am not. 
if it does go bad, I'm not going to be the first guy jumping off the, the ship. No, we love Herbert. But we have seen young players just it not go as smoothly as we think. Like, not everyone is just like, rocket ship! I th- and, and honestly, it's the Patrick Mahomes effect. It's like, oh, yeah, probably just MVPs, Super Bowls. That's just the that's the route you take. Like, some guys... Josh Allen ever, adds to Look back team. to... But look, yeah, I mean, he's just only improved. Look at Peyton Manning. Like, it was hard, it was hard, it was hard, it was hard. I guess Luck would have been a guy that was like every year just got better and better and the team got better. It can be difficult. Now, I think the thing with I Herbert, mean, Manning year two was 2013 and three. Yeah, so Herbert could have less st- like statistics this year, potentially, and their team win more games, right? Yeah, I mean, part of it last year was you're behind. I guess there's, there's an extra game. If you've got a lead, you maybe you can run the ball a little bit more. But like, remember, Richard, remember Richard Sherman when he got hurt and he tweeted like, Jesus Christ, this guy just throws the ball down the field. Like, he was yeah. just at home watching the games. Yeah. The, he was throwing the ball and down the field. he played with like, Russ. In the second quarter. Like, they, they were bombs away. Remember the Tampa Bay game? They were kicking their ass for a minute, and Herbert's just bombs away on Tampa. It wasn't just at the end of the games throwing. I think we all assume that he's just going to be... I, not all assume because there are always going to be haters. Haters, you know, they they the they're building. they're loud. Haters in the building. Uh, I, I'm rooting for him to be fucking awesome, and if he is, they're going to be really good. He's such an easy. He's such a hard guy to hate. I'll yeah. say that for him. But it's just um, if their if their offense can even get even close to what. Here's the thing: when their coach says, when Brandon Staley says they want to be the number one offense passing offense in the league. They were like ninth last year. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They were ninth last year. Three eighty-two, and the difference between ninth and fifth was seven yards a game. So they were not far off from being a top five passing offense in the league last year. But Is that the statistic Chiefs, the Bills, a little the skewed? Titans, the Vikings, the Packers. Yards okay, per so game. It was all good teams then. I mean, the Vikings were an outlier. But you watch the Vikings; they're throwing the ball all over the place. Yeah, their offense was elite. So, I, what I guess my their point would be: stuff. all the all the top teams were they were elite offenses, right? Packers, Cardinals, Bucks, Raiders, Chargers. That, that was the next group. So now the Rams will be up there a little bit this year. Like the Rams are going to go up from where they were last year. They were twelfth. What were the Niners? Um, passing yards per game. I don't know. It looks like middle, maybe six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. ESPN.com. If you could just, I mean, for the love of God, put the you, ranks ESPN. next to the teams. Like, Jesus Why are Christ. we listing anything if we're not putting the rank next to the team? I'm glad you're it. pissed off. I noticed that last year, and Ugh. I wanted to take my laptop and throw it against the wall. Why would you not have 1 through 32? Like, be like, it'd be like if point? NFL's top 100 was a list of players with no numbers next to them. You could figure out 101 very easily. I mean, it would be as basic as like, imagine if you're just checking account, didn't have dates next to your transaction. Like, it's just a basic, like, why would you not? How much gas is in the car? I don't know. It only shows me full (laughs) or empty. (laughs) I mean, you idiots. That really ticked me off. This is the most basic. Here's the other one they've got. If you go to ESPN's depth charts, they don't put anyone's, they don't put players' numbers next to their names. I I think ESPN is, they're slipping, guy. They are slipping. The details, the the devil's in the details. Oh, my God. I don't even know what that means, but I just, I've always liked that quote. It's a good quote. So I love that. Here's the other, I just love that Brandon Staley's out here, like, you know, setting setting the standard high, setting the expectations high because he's putting pressure on his team because he thinks they should be good. Um, And that's a, that's a good, that's the kind of team you want to practice against. I had a buddy that had worked with him, uh, at I guess I guess he's been on multiple teams, so I won't give it away. 
And he he didn't he wasn't that big of a fan because I think sometimes as a scout an in house scout when you have interactions with a newer coach you know Brandon Staley he's only been in the league like six years some guys who kind of come out of nowhere especially from college and they've never worked in the NFL they just carry themselves like they know everything and my guy didn't like him so I remember last year when the Rams hired him and early on the season I had a couple fired off a couple tweets like everyone's blowing this guy because Lewis. Everyone loved him. McVay, Fangio. My guy was like, I'm telling you, I, I don't I don't see it. And I just kind of went with that. I didn't know anything about the guy, really, besides, like, Fangio really liked him, and I obviously put a lot of stock in who Vic likes. So I was like, you know, and so does my guy. My guy loves Vic. But he was like, you know, he didn't see it. And I've had to change my tune. Like, you know, I think I think he was wrong. Brandon Staley, pretty people speak very, very highly of him. <laughs> and yeah, I think might he, have been a little personal. Yeah, I think sometimes it's hard, right? I mean, we well, all remember have Lewis Riddick came on the podcast that he had met with him because of Monday Night Football. Yeah. A few times. Think about yeah. this guy. Vic Fangio hired him from like uh, John Carroll or wherever. Like that's, if Vic thinks highly of you, like that's probably says all. And then he goes to McVay, thought highly of him. There's no way when McVay hired him, I think we've talked about this before, he couldn't have been thinking one and done, right? He's like, he probably thought I've got this diamond in the rough. And I'm going to be able to, he's going to be my DC real cheap for the next five years because there was no competition to get him. You know, the Rams have like seven new coaches, coordinators and position coaches. Think how many guys they lost. They lost a coordinator in Seattle and he brought a guy, Staley, I think brought a guy. McVay fired a couple first guys. Year's, is Fossil, is this his first year gone or was he gone last year, the special teams coach? He he left last year. Bones, skinny guy talking about how he got his uh, snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. But then he got a reverse. Is that what That's he was saying? Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. Because she wanted another Scott. kid. What was that? It. <laughs> I didn't. I honestly fast forwarded that part because it went on way too long and was not that funny. Um, but I think one problem with hard knocks and saying it for a while is they just put out a trailer for tonight's episode, and it was Zeke it talking about. Yeah, it's Tuesday night. Talking about how he needed some baby powder because his balls itched. And one of the guys that covers the Cowboys, like, they really don't have much material. And it's like, well, yeah, they don't allow, once you cut out the all stuff. the good stuff, like, you're not getting personnel meetings. Remember how good Hard Knocks was in the 2000s when it'd be like, you know, what do you, go to the linebacker coach. What do you think of, of James? And he'd be like, coach, this guy's a pussy. And it was like, oh, my God. It's like, we cannot give him more snaps. The head coach is like, decrease the snap count. What about little Billy? They're like, give him more reps. The and best like, would God, be the following week after the guy who they were talking about had watched the episode. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and they'd that, flash back to the meeting. Has that exist? It doesn't feel like for years now mm-hmm. getting good insight into the personnel meetings. No. Now it's like at best, it's like McCarthy at the head of the table, like, what do you guys think? Uh, chicken burgers tonight for the snack for the guys? It's like, this is not how these guys talk. It's just so fake. Yep. Now it all might as well be produced by the team, which can do some good content, but you lose the good stuff. The rub. I wonder if they'd be better off just giving us, just give us a little more Jerry, you know, because he'd be cool. Like he'll let you film whatever he wants or we kind of Jerryed out. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I just don't know how much he really has to add beyond what he's adding currently. Yeah. Just, but they're they're not really adding anything. It's just stupid. I I think the whole thing now I'll watch every minute, but I think it's kind of dumb now. John, here's a smart decision you can make. You can go to DraftKings and enter the promo code ham. And come play Daily Fantasy with us. In fact, you should get in 
the Habermann and Middlecoff DraftKings League. DraftKings promo code HAM. The link is down in the description of the podcast or the YouTube. Our game, we've got one going this week for the first round of the FedEx Cup. It already filled up. It filled up Tuesday uh, morning, or maybe it was Monday night it filled up. So remember that because next week we're going to have another round two of the FedEx Cup where it gets even more heated. We'll have another DraftKings game. We'll make it a little bigger because this one filled up so fast. So right now, go to DraftKings. Use the promo code HAM when you signed up. It's the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. And when you do that, also join the Haberman and Middlecalf League. If you have any trouble finding it, just DM us. We'll get you the link. That way, you are the first to know when one of our games goes live. Right now, introducing the new Instant Win Challenge from DraftKings, Wild Cards. So when you download the app, use the promo code HAM, claim your first wild card for free. There's up to $50 million worth of prizes up for grabs. It's very easy to do. Download the app. Your wild card then reveals either a weekly player challenge or instant win prizes like tickets to the Super Bowl. One in four win instantly. The more you play, the more cards you collect, and the greater your shot to win a share of up to $50 million worth of prizes. There's no better way to start the NFL season. So what do you do, John? You go to DraftKings, and you download the app, and you type in the promo code HAM. Do it right now. DraftKings promo code HAM, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, where we'll be playing weekly NFL games in our league as well. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. That is what we call an ad read. We also got friends at Upstart. Yes, Upstart.com slash HAM. Here's the thing. Some of us, we, listen, we've all been there. A little underwater, over our head on some credit card debt. It can be the most nerve-wracking thing to check one of your accounts, right, and see, oh my God, I owe $20,000, I owe $30,000, whatever the amount is, I do not have that money. It, it happens to literally every person. Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score. That's why they expand access to affordable credit. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income, your current employment, to find you a smarter uh, rate for your loan. They can go up to $50,000. So you can find out using your income, using where you work, and check out how much your loan. It's free to check. Can't recommend it enough. Mm. Upstart.com slash ham. Upstart.com slash ham. Loan amounts determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided on your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash ham. Onward, John. Trent Williams. A little knee swelling on Monday. Not good. Not ideal. Yeah, to me, this you just put him on ice. Uh, he, he would not only not travel to uh, to Los Angeles. Keep him off the plane. Yeah, he's not going on the plane. He's not suiting up. There, there is no more. I guess you can practice him for the Lions game week one. <laughs> like, it, it's over. There, there is no screwing around with this. He's too valuable. You paid him too much money. Uh, we're just not messing around. You need it's, them it's too just much. That simple. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think this is where you go, kind of new school with the treatment of these players, right? And I, I get it would be a big deal see him and Joey Bosa going at it. It would go viral. Some of those reps, I don't give a shit. Now I would imagine he's not traveling, so it's like this is just probably normal NFL protocol. But I, I, I would not even mess with him. Like he's now. Granted, he didn't play, right? It, he he did not play swelling. And it had nothing to do with the game, right? Because he went out to practice the next day. They just sat him down because he's Trent Williams. Right. So he Jaylen might not Moore have started for him in the preseason game, but the thing that happened was he, 
had his hip or knee clipped was the way Shanahan said it on, on Monday. Late when Monday. we when we were going to practice like last week, I was listening to Shanny called into the the local radio station that has the rights, uh, and he said he used the term friendly fire a couple times, and I don't think we talk about that enough. Like friendly fire, some of these guys get hurt just obviously get hurt in practice, but stuff that not even a collision that was a, your collision. It's just another guy comes into you. There's just a lot going on. You, you know when you go to these practices. These guys aren't getting tackled to the ground, but there are a lot of collisions. And when you just get to the line of scrimmage, like if you just stand at the line of scrimmage, like where we stand on the sideline, it's starters on starters. And Fred Warner's leaned over like he's, mm. but you, you take a hit, but then you kind of have to stop. It, it is kind of weird. It's, you know, I think there's a lot of natural falls that happen in a game that just don't necessarily happen in a practice. It is so underrated how every, every play where you go live is a miracle when no one gets hurt because people are falling down around the quarterback. And I don't mean the quarterback getting hurt. Offensive linemen and defensive linemen for sure, more than anybody because they're the ones in the close quarters. They're the biggest. And when you're not in space, not only could you step on somebody's foot, but it's hard to – it's like falling down with nothing to grab onto around you. When you're not in space, there's nowhere to bail out, right? You're falling onto someone. You're falling through somebody. It's – there's nowhere to bail out when you're in when you're an offensive lineman because there's nowhere to put your feet and you're big and your feet are big, yeah. and other people's ankles are there and other people's knees are there and it's just it's scary every time it's scary. So and there's contact and it's big weight being thrown around. Like I think that's the other underrated. You see a 300 pound guy against the 300 pound guy and it looks like oh they're just they're going 50. percent It's a light day, you know. Then you see Tebow try to block and you realize it's it's really hard. People are really fast and really strong. Well, do you know, remember Shaq used to get pissed off? Like, these motherfuckers are just right. slamming me. And it always like, well, Shaq's way bigger than him. Well, yeah, you ever had just a 6'5", 210-pound guy swipe at your arm? You think, oh, yeah, just feels like a, a fly, you know? And then when all the big guys start, and he would just lose his shit, looking back, he always felt like he kind of got a raw deal. And honestly, he was probably right. At least with linemen, like you said, it is just two linemen going at it with each other. But the pain that is inflicted by both the guys... I can't even imagine uh, some of just the the aches and pains of just normal every day. Like you know, sometimes you're like, you know, my I got a podcast today. My throat's a little 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 itchy, little itchy. You know, my, my head, it's not quite. I can't quite think right. Like their thing is, you know, I got three broken fingers. I got a broken right toe, and well, I, I got this dude that clipped me in my thigh, and I got a deep thigh bruise. That's always something that happens after games. Like you know, we think he's gonna be fine. He just has a deep thigh contusion do you know what a deep thigh contusion is did you ever back when we were growing up guys would stick their little knuckle out and they hit you in the uh in the thigh and it hurt really bad that is basically the football equivalent of like when a running back spears you with his helmet in the thigh yeah but that that one hurts that one's harder to get rid of that one hurts longer <laughs> yeah. makes your leg more purple yeah it's a good sucks. point because it's not just about preventing injury uh beyond you know the next few weeks it's about making sure that the thing that happened to him doesn't linger into week one. Because what do guys always say? Like, at a certain point in the year, not a soul on the football field is 100%. There's no such thing. So you can't start the year at 90%. You, 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 you know, you, you can't start the year at 90%. It's an underrated part of this NFL season versus, like, the baseball season. Where Buster Posey was just off last year. Yeah. Like, NFL players. There were some college football players, some NFL players. Right? Some NFL players the, took the it Patriots. Off. Uh, several guys took last year off. 
But these guys all played a full season last year for the most part. So the last thing you can afford with Trent Williams when you're not – we can get into offensive line depth, but there's no debating. There's not another Trent Williams anywhere near the offensive line. Hell, there's not many others in the NFL. No. You can't have that guy start at 90% because by, by the mid-year, you're subtract – I don't know what the percentages would be, but you subtract percentages every week anyway. So I'm with you. No reason for it. You feel you're 100% going into the season? Me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, what are we really talking? You know, I've got every once in a while the hip locks up or a knee gets a little sore, but, you know, what are we going to do? No. Was I ever 100%? No. <laughs> I feel a lot of aches and pains as I get older. Yeah. It's just you, And you feel yourself just doing the well, – isn't that a, a commercial? Is it one of those commercials where, like, don't become your parents, where it's like the guy sits down he's like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Those commercials are good. They are. Well, you know what? They're very true. They are very true. They definitely strike. strike. All right. But it's not just him. Aaron Banks, who played their second round pick, played in the preseason game week one, hurt and wasn't very good in that game. I think four pressures and whatever number of snaps he had, not very good. Kinlaw apparently had a shoulder injury that started last week. You and I have been to several practices over the course of several weeks. Kinlaw's performances have been hard to nail down exactly, and his availability has been weird. It now makes sense when Kyle Shanahan got asked last week, why was Kinlaw like mad and off to the side? Maybe that was when he injured his shoulder. But it's if you're concerned about the Niners' depth, if you're concerned about their offensive or defensive lines, you don't feel great when you see a guy who you thought was going to compete to be a starting guard. Clearly that's out even before the injury. And now if Aaron Banks has a shot at it, did I say Jalen Moore? If I said Jalen Moore, no. I meant Aaron Banks. Okay. If Aaron Banks has a shot at it, he's going to be out two or three weeks. So it means he's not going to play in another preseason game in all likelihood. Yeah, I think they're two individual kind of red flags. Start with Aaron Banks. You take a guy in the second round, he should start for you immediately. Like, if you take a second round guard and he can't win the starting job, that's a problem. Especially like on I, a line that has veterans around him, right? Yeah, and let's act, listen, I know Kyle loves Brunskill because he can play 17 positions on the offensive line. He's not very good. He was a tight end. I mean, yeah, I mean, Once he was in the AAF. He was in the AAF. So you invest a second-round pick in this guy, and my guys in the league just didn't feel like they thought he was the worst lineman on his own team. Now, obviously, they get a bunch of guys drafted. Remember, part of it was like they traded back because the two guys they were probably going to pick either didn't they want the Washington pass rusher and I think the other Notre Dame offensive lineman, and they both went, and then I think they kind of freak, which is natural. Like, I, I say it all the time. I give the Raiders a lot of shit because they never do that. Like, I'm all for trading back, but you, then once you trade back, like, you you got to have a plan of who you're going to take. A slow-footed lineman, and that's his knock from what I've been told, slow feet, heavy feet in Kyle's scheme doesn't really work. I, he is a powerful guy. That's not a that's but, not, You're saying that's not a zone-running... Uh, no. characteristic because you have to no, run not at all i it is it a red flag to you that a second round guard can't win a job and like he was yeah. not gonna win the job healthy yeah no chance because he when was you not take him win. in the second round i have not checked in on liam eichenberg the guy that the dolphins took that made them trade back that everyone thought not actually yeah. everyone thought but that was the that's the guy you're talking he was about. widely considered the better offensive lineman than uh and, than banks and and then he, he got drafted i don't i haven't checked in on him uh if he's starting for the dolphins but on this team Knowing what their circumstances, we know. I think we could say pretty safely they drafted him, intending for him to be their starting guard. 
which, okay, it doesn't happen. Maybe it takes a few extra weeks. Now you get hurt. Now, how is it going to happen? Like, at least Kinlaw, I will say this for him. He belong like, you just put him on the field. Like, he could just play. Like, Banks could not play. Kinlaw last year, up and down in a little bit. You could put him in the game. Like, you put Banks in the game, and you're going up against the Eagles week two. Fletcher Cox could have three sacks, right? And you could lose. It could just be that simple. Yeah. I like, mean, Kinlaw, to me, is like... They once you go to your second year and you had like an up and down rookie season, but you've clearly flashed a lot of talent. Like I need to start seeing some fruits of this draft pick. Right? He'll like, be are we getting? Week. So these are two different problems. Yeah, to me that's why in a vac they are two separate issues. One guy I don't even know can play. The other guy I think can play, but like you said, kind of a head case of practice. Always in fights and scuffles, which is not the worst thing. One practice, but like every day, like what are we doing here, buddy? And then now it's it's his knee, and then it was now it's his shoulder. Is he a dependable player? That's where I'd be pretty nervous with him. I actually feel pretty good about his talent, like because at worst you just throw him out there, he can just hold a spot, right? Yeah. You just you, he's hard to move. Yeah. But is he going to be out there? You're not asking him to be DeForest Buckner. You're just asking for a, por- a portion of that. And there's some question what? as to whether or not you're even getting a portion of that when he's on the field. He was the fourteenth overall pick. It's important. You know, it wasn't well. I, we've just talked about it. it's an important year for him. You, you take a guy really, really high. Like I, I saw Mayock was talking with uh, the NFL Network or the NFL radio guys. He's like, you know, I think a lot of people thought Cleveland Farrell was going to be a fourteen sack guy. We never envisioned him to be that. Like when you get drafted really high, you, you can never convince people on the outside, the fans. Like I'm sorry, you you take you use those high picks. And obviously four is a lot higher than 14, but both those, like I take a guy in the top, I'd even say 20. It's it's very fair for every every fan who makes a league go round, we can't forget that, to expect the guy to be a good player. I don't need you to be an all-time great, but like at least be a starter. Isn't that what John Lynch and Adam Peters expect? Yeah, of course. Especially when the guy that you listen, I understand you didn't quote unquote need a tackle at the time. But worse, fucking pretty good. <laughs> uh, James said, "You think Banks would look better if he was out there with all the starters?" I mean, we well, just—he was just in a one-on-one situation. Yeah, it's just smoked. Part of the deal, you earn that. You you prove that you can earn that spot. But they've wanted him to take that spot. Like the other guy, Jalen Moore, who started at left tackle, he did get the start. Fifth rounder, three-year starter out of Western Michigan. Maybe he'll be that guy. I mean, you hear dr- fifth round, John Kittle, Greenlaw. Uh, DJ Reed, um, Hufanga, we'll see. Could be a my, good fifth round. My, my draft philosophical belief, I would never mess with centers or guards high. Now, sometimes that's going to miss, right? You get a Quentin Nelson, you get a Pouncey brother. Like, there are really good players. You wouldn't have taken Dickerson? Landon Dickerson, if the Niners were there at 37? He was coming off an ACL. I know. I, I well, just, there are multiple offensive linemen coming off. Walker Little from Stanford drafted in the but, second round. But remember, the Niners did that several years ago with Balky with the dude from Clemson who was supposed to be a first-round pick. And he, I, I just think you consistently get really good guards and centers. I think Alex Mack was a high pick, too. I, again, I'm not saying that I those guys, to me, more often they're going to be outliers because I bet if we did a study – and we did when I was in the NFL. Every team does this because you do, like, this is what we talk about, the draft being a marketplace. How many starters in the NFL right now at Garden Center are fourth through seventh round pick and undrafted free agents? I, the percentages would be really, really high. 
And that to me is like the value where you go, what positions can I not get in the fourth and seventh? Well, you're usually not going to get like sweet defensive linemen in the sixth. So you probably invest those guys in the first and second. Or if you get a sweet wide receiver, probably in the second and third is really good value. To me, when you kind of force that pick, like I, it just, I don't know. And again, I'm not claiming like I didn't know that much about Aaron Banks when they took him, but I, I just didn't love it. The, the philosophy on taking the guy that high when I think there were question marks. About whether he fits your style. Yeah. So you just, because here's the thing with an offensive lineman, unlike a wide receiver. You know, actually I was watching the Jets-Giants replay and it's like, coming in motion, Dante Pettis. Like Pettis, when you're just a bust at wide receiver and you don't live up to your, you can still play. Right, Ted Ginn never lived up to being the seventh pick. Dude had like a Ted Ginn, year I career. Mean, yeah, but Ted Ginn, Dante Pettis having Ted Ginn's career. One hundred percent. I'm. I wasn't comparing the two guys, but my point is, you could look up and Dante Pettis plays nine years in the NFL. It's not inconceivable. Like you could just never live up to being a second round pick. You should have been like a seventh round pick, but you can just play a lot at wide receiver. It is very very difficult to stink at line as an offensive lineman even a defensive line i can like throw you in for a couple plays to give you just will never play <laughs> remember eric flowers who's like the 10th pick and they tried and they tried and then everyone's like we can't even throw this guy out there we're gonna get someone killed how about so josh that, garnett uh, jonathan martin i'm not trying to ju- jump the gun here there's a lot of stanford guys I'm not trying to jump the gun because it's it's preseason but my point is offensive lineman when you do take a guy high he has to be good because if he's not, he just will not play. You know? It's it's the thing with quarterbacks. Like, ultimately, if you miss on the quarterback, the guy's useless to you. Yeah, it's also hard like, to make your, your receiver, if you draft a, if you overdraft a receiver, but he turns out to be your third-best receiver. Right? By the end, Dante Pettis didn't get cut because he wasn't the Niners' second-best receiver. He got cut because he wasn't their fifth-best receiver. It was terrible. I, but on I'm offensive just, line, you can't be the second, like, the, you know, you're the second-best center or you're the third-best guard. Like, you're just, you're useless. I can't put you on the field. You're the third best receiver, and you punt return, or you cover on special teams. I can still use you as a second rounder, right? 100%. But if you're the third best guard, I, I can't use you. Because I barely, have, I don't have two, I got one and a half guards. I hate playing this game, but I was just looking at some of the guys they passed on. It's hard to even tell, because, I mean, who knows? How oh, I, we be. should do, yeah, who'd they pass on before the season starts? That's a great, that's a great game. You talking about in the second round? Well, I mean, the, the two guys that went back-to-back, just a couple picks you later. You want Dwayne Eskridge or Rondale Moore? Yeah, I mean, you could have got both those two guys. What pick was Aaron Banks? Uh, 48. F- 48. So I wonder if they would have taken Asante Samuel Jr. What's up with Creed Humphrey? Oh, Asante Samuel Jr., that would have been a good pick. How about uh, Dylan Raddins, the guy from North Dakota State? Why not take that guy? What's he doing? See, Where's he on Tennessee? <laughs> Where's he on Tennessee's depth chart? It's hard to do it with offensive line. Hold on, let me it's, do a quick search. It'll be like, D- Radden's having a great camp. It is much easier to do with skilled guys by like week three when a guy has four touchdowns. You're like, we should have taken him! According to A to Z Sports Nashville, John, Dylan Radden's could be the team's most impactful rookie this year. That's not good. He worked oh, with former left tackle Joe Staley this offseason to improve his strength. Staley tweets about him a lot, or Instagrams about him. Now, he's a tackle. Like, well, the Niners didn't need a tackle. Vrabel. Right? Radden's performance was encouraging. Had some really good plays. Some not as good. Pad level too high. But he's a right tackle. He's a tackle. So, yeah. Could have moved him to guard. It happens. 
He may not play week one against the Cardinals, but expect him to have a substantial role. All right, we won't won't shove him into the uh, starting lineup quite yet. But that's something to watch for, John. That's definitely something to watch for. Yeah. Uh, I thought there was another Banks. No, okay, we got some other comments that we'll circle back to. John, before we go on, let's tell the people about rexmd.com slash ham. Should Viagra really cost 90 bucks? No. And that's what RexMD says. They say no. They say RexMD's FDA-approved generic Viagra starts at $2 per tablet and is delivered discreetly to your door. Guy, here's how it works. You just fill out a brief survey. If appropriate, you can try a starter pack of generic Viagra. Full disclosure, Haberman and Middlecoff got a little delivery within the last month. Have not used it yet, but we got a little generic Viagra. It's very easy, very discreet, and that's something that I know can make people uncomfortable. This is a uh, this is a very private issue, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want people to know. Well, they send it to you. You can't tell what's in the box. There's no copay. So it's cheap. There's no doctor office visits, and your shipping is free. If you're looking for generic Viagra, RexMD has made the process fast, easy, and affordable. RexMD.com has helped over 100,000 men get generic Viagra from the comfort of home. So don't wait another minute. RexMD is now offering the starter packs of generic Viagra for new customers. You visit RexMD.com slash ham right now to get started. That's Rex, R-E-X-M-D.com slash ham. ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app. Because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game, and I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never 
doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The chat's been bringing this up. Pretty wild. I mean, I it's funny. I was just talking to somebody uh, about Rosen this morning just because I was thinking about that Texas A&M comeback where they were down 44 to 10. Rosen got cut by the Niners on uh, Tuesday. And you said this on, on Saturday night. Like, it felt like Kyle Shanahan was just giving him a bunch of snaps so that he could try and show another NFL team that he was worth bringing to camp. The, Wish the uh, Eagles would have done that with me before they fired me. Like, give me a look to How would that teams. have worked, you think? <laughs> no, nah, I'm glad they didn't. But uh, Like, just give other teams a head up, a heads up? Yeah, or just like throw some of my sweet evaluations out there. And it, it, Here's his top five Kyle evaluations. Did, Kyle did that on purpose. To give the guy tape, they knew they were going to cut him because... As there are three cuts this year, there's one to 85, there's one next week on Tuesday, I think to 70, and then there's obviously the final one to 53. They already had 85 guys. This Josh Rosen was 84. They are both basically admitting we don't even need this guy, he's just useless. And it's kind of crazy because when you're out there, he does not look good, he looks slow footed, he's not accurate. If you didn't know he was Josh Rosen and he was like some of those names that you read off to me the other night about some of the random quarterbacks that are in the NFL, and holy shit, there's a lot of random quarterbacks in the NFL. If his name was like, uh, you know, James Williamson from uh, fr- from McNeese State, who's just, uh, that might be a guy somewhere playing the, like the Tennessee Titans third guy, you would not have known, right? If he just had a random name and he was from McNeese State or Weber State or you, you wouldn't, he did not stand out like, hey, hey guys, that was the 10th pick. In the, I mean, we know that, but if we didn't, you would never think that. Yeah. There were so many things that contributed to that with him. A, he started as a true freshman at UCLA and was good. Like he played as a true freshman and it was like, oh my God, this guy is, how soon till he could be the number one pick in the draft? On top of that, Jim Mora Jr. was his coach. I guess he's not really junior, but young Jim Mora was his coach, right? Which is just a guy that a lot of people know. NFL people, just if you're a casual NFL fan, you know who Jim Mora is. So you had an easy kind of conduit to just consuming Rosen. They played in some huge games against Texas. He had the big comeback later against AM. But he came in as a major recruit. Played he, played on star, he played on star-studded teams, too, because they weren't that good, but but Mora was recruiting, like Miles Jacks and Kenny Clarks. Like they had yeah. star players on their team. Absolutely. Um, and so he was a big deal just right away because he was an instant impact player at UCLA, which UCLA is – 
I think very much a kind of a sleeping giant when it comes to college football. Oh, I know. Um, and and then he gets obviously he becomes really polarizing. He starts doing interviews and he's got a hot tub in the in the dorm room and he starts talking about how he's going to change the world. And there's all these quotes about it. He became a really polarizing draft prospect. There was so much that led to why everyone was so aware of him. Remember all that stuff? He had a little like, is it, would you say DeChambeau's a good comp? Just a little out there and he was just pissing yeah. people off. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. But unlike DeChambeau, like college football, you don't, like DeChambeau talks even more than Rosen did, right? Yeah. But he yeah, did the yeah. big, there was a big SI article in which he talked about, I don't remember exactly what it was like. Elevate, like making life better for his teammates somehow when it came to making money. I don't quite remember exactly what the deal was. Um, but he was just a polarizing guy. And then, you know, obviously he gets drafted very high and then he's polarizing because he gets traded right away. It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, you go from... And, and here's the other thing. I, there were so many reasons why all the hype was legit. I mean, his arm was huge. He played a bunch of college football games. He's like 6'5". I mean, he's big. He's big. Yeah. He's just not any good. And I, I think sometimes this is the hard part, and we say this all the time about the NFL, there is no such thing as can't miss. There's no such thing as high floor. The high, high floor does not exist. You have no clue. You, you really don't. Because if I told you Josh Rosen would not work in the NFL, you'd be like, ah, oh, you know, he's going to be minimum a decade-long backup. I mean, there's he's cut August 17th. It's... I would put $100 right now. He might not be on a team. I, I would guess he's probably not on a team week one. Right? And I mean, that's inclu- obviously practice squad. He's not going to be on a roster. But that's pretty nuts. He, was, he wasn't drafted in 2012. I mean, this is crazy. Now, on a, I tweeted this out on a positive note. He did get $17.5 million, $17. million. Like, when you're drafted in the first round, your four-year contract is guaranteed. He did get a lot of money to then suck. So there are elements where, and I know it's an easy thing online, and people always say, like, players are always getting fucked. That's not always true. Every player, who's dra- the Solomon Thomas and Cleveland Farrells, they actually rob the team. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the union protects these players because they get all this guaranteed money in the first round before you've ever proven anything. So for every Josh Allen and or Mahomes, and those guys always end up making so much money anyway, there are a For lot of Jamal guys. Adams and George Kittle, who still got there, rich, but there are a ton of crappy players. Yeah, he's going to end up starting less games. He's on the high end of crappy, though. I mean, at least uh, some busts play like four years, right? He's going to end up starting fewer games than Jamarcus Russell did. Now, Jamarcus was in one place. He started a full year, right? Josh has never. I guess Josh started a full year as a rookie. Kind of, but I don't think he remember Bradford came out in a couple games. Yeah, but he started 13 games. Yeah. It's 55%, 11 touchdowns, 14 picks. Jamarcus Russell started 25 games in his career. Now, it was three years and then out. This is year three for Rosen. He started 16 games in his career. I, I, I'd i be hard. How does he get 10 more starts? How does he pass that number from Jamarcus? How is he in the league? I mean, it's just... Now, I don't think that people in the chat were asking about, oh, this means Sudfeld's going to be the backup. I, You and I have talked about this. I don't think the Niners are going to carry three quarterbacks. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll keep Sudfeld around. I guess they could put him on practice squad, right? Um, but, but, you know, the back to the Jamarcus thing. Jamarcus got out of the league, right, because he was 
clearly addicted to the whatever it's called when you mix the with the, sl- you know. the slurpy the purple yeah what well, was it the pur- purple drink and he was lazy and he didn't give a shit Josh Rosen it, to me it's understandable when it's like that guy did not give a shit he was a bad guy exactly okay that hap- that happens a lot right when you actually are trying like Josh Rosen is trying he's putting his best foot forward he's attempting to do everything possible he just sucks. Like, Josh, I think most people, I don't, you know, you and me, I wouldn't say we're super locked in on Jamarcus, but he had physical tools. It was just laziness. He didn't try. He didn't care. Josh Rosen is literally out of the league because he's terrible. Like, just bad. Just bad. We watched him in like, practice, and it was clear I, I, that he, you know, I, we didn't expect him to make the team. Um, but if you had to win a game tomorrow, like, every team in the league would take, like, a Nick Mullins over him. And it just shows you, and life's a lot like this, like the past doesn't mean that much after a while. So like, you know, what I did, and he'll be able to talk about his college career forever, but it's just completely irrelevant right now. And it's actually happened to a lot of guys that like you and me grew up, you know, it happened to Leinert. You know, like once you get two or three years in, it just does not matter that you were one of the best players in college three or four years ago. It's just completely irrelevant. And I, I remember we used to always talk about this in like heated debates. And Lewis Riddick was always adamant, like, why do we we should erase the draft grade after like two years of tape? Yeah. Well, why why does it matter? It's like a preseason top twenty five poll. It well, it's just hard to shake. You're like, God, that guy went in the first, you know? Well, it's like, yeah, he's been starting now for three years and you wouldn't pay for this guy to be around. Or but just you, I had a first round grade on him. I'm sure that gets said. Or we had a first round grade on him. It's human nature. It, you you should get deleted from the from the system after three years. What round grade did we have on him? Who cares? What, what is his current grade? How he's played in the sport, right? Yep. Look at this. This is the uh, 2015 QB class. Rosen was the 16th overall player in that 24/7 rankings. The quarterback class. I actually don't have. I cut off who the number one quarterback that year was. I don't remember. Rosen. Was the number one, the number two quarterback in that class? Blake Barnett, Kyler Murray, Brandon Wimbush, Ricky Town, Brady White, Travis Johnson, and Juwan Jennings was actually the ninth ranked quarterback in the 2015 class going to Tennessee as a dual threat. Who, by the way, has looked pretty good. You said Kyle Shanahan. Huh? Kyler was three. Uh, Oh, I realized I'm not sharing the screen with you. Kyler was four. Blake Barnett was three. Do you think if Kyler had been... And that was Kyler four, going to A&M, not Kyler going you, to... Oklahoma do you think if Kyler State. had been 6'3", he'd be one? It's probably hard to put a guy, you know, at 5'9", number one. It yeah. actually speaks volumes that he's four at that height. Like what? Remember Monday Night Football last year? They were going over stats. Never lost a game in high school. And Cliff even said he's the most heralded player in all his years around Texas football that he's ever seen. But he's so small. Like, to me, he'd probably be a no-brainer. I remember Blake Barnett. Jared Stidham was number one, by the way. Auburn? Committed to... uh, He went to Baylor first. Oh, yeah, and he transferred. Was Blake Barnett go to uh, Alabama? Alabama, yeah. Yeah, it just shows you, man. It's High school is a little like the NFL. You see some of these lists. Now, some years you look at the top, like, 20 players. You're like, God, that's seven first-rounders. For sure. You know? So it's, it, it's kid or miss. His no class drafts. was not one of those lists. No. Uh, I'm just scrolling through the quarterbacks to see if there's anybody, like, way at the bottom. 
that uh, that made it, but I'm not seeing it. I'd imagine Jake Browning wasn't a huge recruit. Uh, Jake Browning was uh, Jake Browning was eleven. He was remember he was remember Folsom was like a powerhouse. Oh, right. Yeah. Now, how many offers did he have? Was a powerhouse. I think they still are. Um, he got Alabama offered him. Okay, I sorry. Oklahoma State offered him. Michigan did not offer him. Again, that that was that was unfair of me because I saw a clip of him. He's with the Vikings, right? See, he's, he's not in the NFL. Like some scrub. Yeah. yeah, he's not some scrub. That was just, just that not, was just. I'm an, just, you're I'm an just arm, not a weak. I'm just not a yeah. weak arm guy. You're an arm strength. The uh, arm strengthest. Yeah, but I but I don't like such like an arm Jake, strengthest. But I don't like Jake Eason. Like I, there's certain guys I don't like. Ravi says, uh, "Can Juan Jennings throw?" There's QB three. Juan Jennings. I think Juan Jennings is making the team. He probably is. Jennings. Can play special teams. Uh, you get Simba Webster. We'll, we'll play some special teams, and then you got Sherfield and Sanu, and there's your squad, John. Let's roll. I mean, the reality is, I think we make a big deal, and fans do. I don't think care as much, but the media talks about it a lot. Obviously, the team cares, but the media hammers on it. Like, does it really matter who your fifth and sixth wide receiver are? You, there will be a moment like, where it matters, but yeah. No, like in a game, but really, your third wide receiver has some games. It's not often like your fifth wide receiver is impacting your team that much. Like, think about the good teams. It's Julio, it's A.J. Brown, it's D.K. Metcalf, it's Tyler But Lockett, once upon a time, you know? like Kendrick Bourne probably started it, right? Kendrick Bourne, Kyle talked about it the other day, wasn't supposed to make the team, but there were some injuries. I think Jalen Hurd was one of them. Does that make sense? But we only no. really started talking about Kendrick Bourne when he, he was yeah, when he, it was Trent Taylor got injured. Oh, Trent Taylor, yeah. It is just he became the third wide receiver. That's when he mattered. Yeah, yeah, but, I, but he had to make the team mattered. as like the last guy first before he could become the third guy. Yeah, but but you don't end up impacting until you're the third guy. So once you get to the third guy... You, you know, Middlecoff doesn't notice, but you do something the coach notices when you're the fifth guy to make you the third guy. No, that's my point. The team really values it, but for us that are just watching the team, any team in the league... I would say past about your fourth guy, it's just the guy's not playing that much, especially now with tight ends and the running backs. Let's not forget Muhammad Sanu, John. Do you know what his career uh, completion attempt uh, number is? Well, he's got a big arm. He throws left-handed. Seven of eight with four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he's... he's I've, I've So he's throwing more touchdowns than Jamal Adams has interceptions? Is that right? Yeah, well, Jamal Adams has two interceptions. I've definitely career? been on the couch. Two career interceptions, yeah. He's not a, he's not a ball guy. Yeah, he's a the, not a ball guy. It, <laughs> yeah, it's all about ball. <laughs> that's not his thing. That's why he was really like, guy, he creeped his way up. He was like, I want to be known as a linebacker D lineman. And then he gets paid. He's like, I'm a safety. Well, it's like, I, wait, you just Fred told Warner's me like got more picks last week in practice. I think he led the team in sacks. That's, that's the thing with Jamal Adams. He's like this sweet player, but he's really not like, he's not like Earl Thomas, Red Reed, high point in the ball with his fucking legs looking like Michael Jordan. Two career picks. You know, he's not Mr. Ballhawk. He's paid to tackle. So it's Which also matters. That's the person with the which, ball. But wouldn't you say the value they got him at? They they gave him a, they gave him four uh twenty two million less than uh, Amari Cooper. Uh yes. Yeah, I still compare everything to Amari Cooper. Thirty eight guarantee. Huh? Everyone to Amari Cooper. <laughs> yeah, just because that was he got five years, hundred million dollars, sixty guaranteed. And like the Kittles and the Jamal Adams, who are like borderline all pros, they don't even come close no. to that number. <laughs> I mean, uh, Amari's in a different stratosphere than Amari's that. number is so easy to because it's 160. It's just very, yeah, it's very clean, but 
Jamal Adams would have done, you know, cartwheels to get that 60. Hell, he would have done anything for 50. They gave him 38. I thought they were arguing over like 50, 60 million dollars. I did too. That's what they were arguing over? Now, in the end, he'll still make his 70. Probably. Because they traded so much for him, they're not cutting him after three years. Yeah, and he's a really good player. But he's just... He, he to me, is... I bet if you went to like every NFL front office... And just like the player personnel guy and his couple scouts, he's a guy where you're arguing over a lot on just other teams. Yeah. Like there's going to be a guy that likes him and they're going to be a guy that like, fuck that guy. Like, and what I mean, like everyone acknowledges he's a good tackler, but just, is that the guy that you'd want to invest in? Is it worth two first round picks and a second? Is right. it worth, you know, basically dedicating three years worth of salary to? And I think you can argue. I, 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 I lean, I like his style, but he is... He does have a fatal flaw in a passing league. Yeah, and it costs a lot. To, if you're going to like, you don't get to sample. You, like, they had to buy a lot. Yeah. Luck, but he, I, the one thing, he can really pass rush. <laughs> like, he is an elite pass rusher. You just put him near the line of scrimmage, and he can chase the quarterback. He's really good at that. You know, so it's like I, I can live with just his in-the-box play because he, he can get me like six, seven sacks. Uh, Blue Nose. He gets, he gets he gets hurt sneaky a lot too yeah. though. That'd make me a little nervous. Uh, Tebow available. That's true. Tebow was available. Um, good for Tebow giving it a shot. John at tight end. That's what I have to say about that. I respect the effort. That's all. I got no I, hate. Although the second video, had, the blocking video that came out was damning. I don't but think they had a choice, did they? <laughs> I don't th- no. You think? Oh, you think the videos on social media is why he got cut? Uh, I mean, I, I think it would have been hard to shake the videos because there are players, like, people are acting like it's just Tim Tebow making blocks like that. I bet if if I just start texting around like, hey, hey uh, send me your the worst ugliest tape. plays you've seen? I mean, there were probably some ugly plays throughout the league on fourth down. He was a guy that went viral. I, I think that would be hard to shake. I like Troy Aikman a lot. Do you see his tweet today? No. He tweeted basically like, the love and respect that Urban has for Tebow. Don't think for a second that he didn't help establish a culture in that locker room. And it's like, Troy, you know way more about NFL locker rooms than me, but how can a guy playing like that establish any fucking culture with any player worth their salt? I'm not saying they don't respect him as a guy or whatever, but as a football player, you sit there and watch film all day long. So if you're watching this and Tebow's like, trying to implement the urban, you know, philosophies in the locker room. It's like, I, I the well, messenger, is it working out there? Yeah, to your what point the, too. What was the tweet? Maybe I, no, no, no. I you're, 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 uh, there's another line that changes it a little bit, but still, I think, albeit a short tenure, don't discount the impact Tebow had in helping urban with his locker room culture. And knowing the respect urban has for Tebow, his release sends a message to the team that this is business. I think there's probably some truth in that last line, but again, if that's the film out there, then you know you're not fooling the team. Like he could have stayed longer if the, if the team doesn't well, think he belongs. Oh, okay, at all. For, for 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 example, let's say I'm like a third round pick on the team, and I'm I'm trying really hard. I'm watching that tape. I go, well, I'm not. That's not me. I mean, every guy on this team's way better. His tape was so bad, guy. There, yeah, it means business. If you play like that, any guy's getting cut. Maybe I, the I hear players all watched it and were like, see, football is hard. And Tebow's proven it. Blocking is it, hard. It, it is very difficult. No one argued that, like, everyone making fun of him on Twitter, beside NFL players, and a lot of NFL players did, but any just random 
dude with the blue check mark that works for the athletic or whatever, they would they would get thrown to the sideline, including you, me, every single person watching or listening to this. No one's arguing that. I think the point was just as simple as it was really bad. <laughs> and, and the thing with Tebow is he's not small, right? There is a level, I'd have to look at his size, but I would imagine he's very similar in size to Juszczyk, like six two and a half, probably 235, right? Just similar body types, jacked, but not small, but not overly big. There's just an element of, do you have an, you know, on a golf cart, when you play some of these public courses and you go to the wrong place and the governor stops you or you're coming down the hill and the golf cart just won't let you go fast. And you're like, oh my God, this is when insane. you're near or when you're near like the zone where you're not allowed to be, bing, 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 turn around, it drives, it drives you nuts. Well, when you take the governor off of a golf cart, it never does that. And the best football players, Jamal Adams is a good example, but I'd say most just guys that play in the league don't have a governor when it comes to contact at, at physical positions because you can't. And he not only did he have a governor, it was like he wanted no part of it. You couldn't play tight end and be that level. Well, it right? was, you know, the you're wearing your Alabama hat. The speech that Alex Smith gave to Alabama football talking about Blake Costanzo and how he was just, he had no fear. And that's what made him great on the field. That's what you're talking. He had no governor, for sure. Sway says, forget T-Bone, just sign Jordan Matthews if you want to convert a tight end. That's another guy. I think he might make the team. The practices we've been at, Jordan Matthews makes plays. I'm always fascinated by skinny guys that have to put on weight as someone who just, I had a bad weekend last weekend. I felt like I gained like 10 pounds. If I have a bad three or four days, I, I, I could add 20 pounds in a week without hesitation. These skinny guys... They, they, their dedication to have to gain weight, I am so jealous. He, I, I watched some of his press conference. He said he ate meals at 5.30, 8.30, 11.30, 2.30, 5.30, and then had a snack at 8.30. He was on like this crazy lifting regiment with the University of Louisville. I'm like, bro, I could have gained 18 pounds. I mean, how fast would it take you to gain 18 pounds? <laughs> I think I could do it pretty easily. Did I really put my mind to it? I think I, I could know, do it within three, a couple two weeks. Two and a half weeks. I could do it fast for sure. I think I've These got guys, what it takes. I know I have what it takes. I, I just I, I'm just always blown back by the ability for these guys to not gain weight. I, I'm so jealous of skinny people. I really am. They have such a huge advantage. Or just people with good metabolisms in life. Fred it's a McGriff. A problem to have. Saw him Fred on McGriff. TV last night. He looks fantastic. Looks 35. Fred McGriff came in the big leagues in like 86. Guy looks like he, I mean, you and I will never in our greatest moment look as good as he does in 2021. And granted, he's a borderline baseball Hall of Famer, but still. His I mean, waist size is the same. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be 34 max. It helps when, I mean, Fred's a taller guy. Taller people naturally wear their weight better. Fred, Fred McGriff hit 36 home guy. runs in 1989. <laughs> and his waist size is smaller than 36. Yeah, just... Uh, Fred McGriff, seven home runs shy of 500. I know. People, I guess he was a kind of a Hall of Fame snub. He's a guy that there's a lot of debate on, yeah. Was he Was he an all-time great? One thing Fred said, I was watching MLB Network last night, and this is what you feel like, you know? He's like, I've slept well every night of my life because I know I, did, I never did anything illegal to hit those. Kind of like a shot. Yeah. Like, you guys are starting to let some of these the big poppy type guys in. I right. these were real. This is all fucking genetics, fellas. 
five All-Star games in 19 years. He also played, I get. I mean, it's hard to know when steroids really came in. People felt like the, the late 90s. 80s. but what? Yeah. So, I mean, he was he was a home run hitter in an era when everyone was taking the juice. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, you know, he's got several, th- he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, 30 home run seasons in a row from 88 to 93. But he's also got some 22 home run years. I mean, he came up at 22, 23, you know, 19, 27 homers, 31. 22, 37. I mean, it's if he was 30, an NFL, NFL player, he won a championship, was obviously in a lot of playoff games. It feels like he'd get in, right, with those numbers. Uh, Yeah. 19 years in the league? Yeah. Yeah. 1901, 02. Yeah. I think you're right. What did he play till he was like 40? Mm hmm. Well, those genetics. Eighty six oh four. Quit either. Long ass career. Eighty six oh four. Incredible. So, what else you got? That's Raiders. Vaccination sensation. They're gonna be. They're gonna be vaccinating. You can get up, go get a soda and a shot at Allegiant Stadium this year. And you if you Mark vaccinate Davis? at the state, you can show up without a vaccination at Allegiant. Get a shot, put on a mask, go to the game. Like just make it a game time decision. You know, I wasn't gonna get it, but. How am I going to get in the black hole? <laughs> you know, I, I could go. Uh, I could go place my bet for Sunday night game down at the MGM. Right at. Yeah, I think they have. They clearly are going to have a casino at the at the stadium. I would imagine. Uh, yeah, I, I texted you. I, I think this one's pretty easy. I think these teams that are indoor want no part, and the NFL, I would imagine, is leading the charge of this. Visuals of masks in the stadium. It's uncomfortable for people to watch. No one wants to see it. No one wants to wear the mask anymore. For those of us that got the shot to not wear a mask ever again, that was the deal I thought we were signing up for. And to me, I know this is a polarizing topic, but it's a pretty easy one for these indoor stadiums. where So we don't have to fucking have sitting there with a mask, and the TV product is better when people are just looking normal. I've noticed just watching these games on TV now that just a baseball game, it's very refreshing to watch. Sometimes Summer League, which I've actually watched a decent amount of Summer League, I'm like, and I get it. Like, I, I don't think, I don't know if LeBron James is wearing a mask because he wants to wear a mask. I think it's because Vegas, they had these new rules. But it, it, it does just look, it feels different. Yeah, I also think probably on a more, on a basic level, the NFL doesn't, they just don't want anything, having people at their stadium is a big deal. Not only for the stadium experience, for the amount of money they make, but it is, it makes the television product better to have fans in the stands. And anything that puts that at risk, they have every incentive to kind of snuff out. Because the Saints did it too, like a week ago, for an indoor stadium. So yeah, maybe the Steelers it's the are NFL outdoor. Kind of the you have to wear it inside of the Steelers game. You have to wear it inside of an Eagles game. Is that right? What does that even mean? You know, like going to the concourse? Is that technically Yeah, inside? like when you're walking through, you know, you're in the elevator or something like that. It doesn't affect us up in the nosebleeds or a field level. But, uh, you know, when you're walking through the stadium, I think is when that applies. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I just saw the L.A., you know, we'll see with SoFi. I bet they're going to mass mandate. It wouldn't shock me because they're an indoor stadium, right? That it's just easy to come out, mandate Is that roof retractable? It's a good question. I think so, but I don't know. You been there? Uh, I have not been to SoFi. Is the roof retractable at the, the Black Hole? Raiders? I yeah, thought Black- it was. 
I think yeah, because the too. Raiders bring grass in. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. SoFi, SoFi Stadium. I have to you tell you this: somebody hmm? puts no no dirt on the uh, on the Raider Stadium in Vegas. What do you mean? You know how they used to have dirt on the infield. Oh, just like a throwback, like an anniversary game. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to say so this: bad. somebody somebody asked this uh, on the uh, YouTube chat today. Grandpa Pat. Bewley, does Zach Wilson really suck? Oops, I, I meant to put it up, but it went away. So I watched, I went back and watched some Jets on Tuesday. Zach Wilson, A, looks like physically, like he fits on the field. His arm works, like his arm does translate, I think. Now he, he sprays the ball a little bit, like guy in the flat, just basic throws, like at his feet or over his head. But his arm does translate. Like, you remember watching Baker... Who, who could actually turn out to be a really good quarterback. And you went, just his arm, like he needs his whole body. Zach Wilson can play the little arm flip game, and the ball does zip. Like Tua, I watch, so it's funny today, Tuesday, I watched the Dolphins, and then I watched the Jets back-to-back. Uh, oh, wait, do they play each other? Maybe that's why I watched them back-to-back. No, the Dolphins play the Bears. Oh, so I watched Fields as well. Yeah. Who had to run. You know, he did have to run a trick play to score his touchdown, but he made some other throws. Like, that's the thing, is people are like, you know, other than the Trey Lance touchdown... Trey Lance had the the Ayuk drop. He had the throw to uh, Charlie Warner. Fields had a couple nice plays where he rolls out, hits somebody on the move that were more impressive than the tight end than the uh, Y throwback trick play that anyone yeah. could. Mohamed Sanu completes that pass, well, of course. But uh, to his arm, not great. Compared Zach to like, Wilson, his Zach arm, Wilson has Zach, Zach Wilson arm. has big time arm talent. Yeah, I no, mean, Zach Wilson's arm talent. I worried that. Oh no, I know, but I worried that Zach would look a little small on an NFL field. The game, I he didn't at least in the first preseason game, and his arm just translated. Not that I had a question about his arm translating, but it it did translate. Like he looked comfortable. One thing is really clear: it's just the preseason, but this is what the offense does. They are gonna. I I do. My prediction was that he's gonna lead the league in picks. He might not because they might not throw the ball a ton with him. They just might pound the rock. They, they're they just going to run and run and run and then play action and throws in the flat and then some yeah. crossers. They're going to stink. I mean, I think they're going to be really bad. But both those teams might not be very good, the Jets and the Giants. The Bears, like the one thing that stands out to me about Fields, he's got a really good arm, yeah. right? I mean, he's got a legit powerful arm. When he runs, he's so fast. I, I just I can't imagine being in a desperate situation. I, I get it with the Niners. I don't necessarily agree, but I understand it. They are desperate. That one to me is such an easy one. He the kids played so much too. Thing with Trey Lance, he hasn't played. Justin Fields has been a starter for multiple years at at Ohio State. What are we waiting for? Uh, Dalton looked like Dalton from what I saw. He's terrible. Uh, James asked, what happened to Trey's spiral? It seemed on film at North Dakota State he had a tighter spiral. Yes, I agree with that. He doesn't have a tight spiral. No, but at North Dakota State, it seemed like there were a lot of spirals. Indoors. He doesn't. Yeah, I mean, Peyton Manning didn't throw many Turned spirals. Turned the AC off. You know, he might, might settle in a little bit. Maybe that comes from, maybe he's trying to, although the throw was on the money. Tua does throw I a bet. nice touch pass, John. Well, he throws a beautiful touch pass. The lobber, the left-handed lobber. It looks like a sandwich. Whoop. Gesicki's I just don't just... know if he... Yeah. That guy's pretty good. They, they actually have some weapons. Waddle had a sweet punt return. Like they, Their team's pretty interesting. Lynn Bowden now, had four catches. Or three catches. Oh, no, I think it was guy, four. Uh, I think it was like four catches of 47 yards. 
Didn't Johnny trade him about a, a week into training camp after drafting him in the third round? I've never seen that before. I don't think you ever will again. Do you? I know. Third round pick, not Unpre- making like it the second It was unprecedented. I thought this guy has to, I, he must, he's going to flame out in 10 minutes with the Dolphins. How could he not? And he's hung around. <laughs> yeah, he's on their team. Uh, all right. On that note, um, we'll be back Thursday. Don't forget to get your mailbag in. Keep sending us your pictures of you and your Tito's. We appreciate that. Try the transfusion if you want to go the ginger beer, the grape juice, the lime juice, and the Tito's, or whatever you're drinking. Send us the pictures. DM them to us on Instagram or Twitter or throw them to us on Facebook. You don't even have to DM them. Just tag them. We love seeing them, and uh, it, it, makes, uh, it makes the world a better place, John. And if you guys need a loan, upstart.com slash am. We'll get yourself a loan. Yeah, and get in the DraftKids League. <laughs> get the hit Download the, the app. Promo code AM. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us, and uh, we'll have some, some big stuff coming as the week goes on. Stay tuned. Godspeed, people. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com. Code program. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.